0: he'll make it for sure now that's why i backed him on tap touch hey luke yes gene simmons he's probably the best when it comes to this stuff thanks gene you've got the touch you got the touch you got the power got the touch choose tap touch better your
1: bet download the app today Chances are, you're about to lose. For free and confidential support, call 1-800-858-858 or visit gamblinghelponline.org.au.
0: Hoop 7 proudly brings to you Basketball Hustle. Ellis fumbled the ball. Two on the shot clock goes up a flare. Yes! As he was falling to the hands of three! He shot it literally from the hip. Definitely a highlight... Here come the Villagans. Four on two. McCall, Ellis, left corner. Out. Bang! From way down under. Cody Ellis. Reddick brings low out away from the basket. Stolen away by Cody Ellis. One man to beat. To the hole. He's fouled. Layup. Good. Whistle foul. Held the best. Ellis for the reverse. Oh. Through
2: fingertips.
0: What a move. Ellis drops in a ball. Yeah. I love seeing Cody Ellis coming out feeling good. Ellis, Cody Ellis, Ellis, pull up, jump Cody Ellis, bang, Cody Ellis, can he stand and deliver, Cody Ellis, now it's time for another episode of Hoops Heavens Basketball Hustle.
1: Hello and welcome to Hoops Heavens Basketball Hustle and Cody... It's time for a deep breath this mm. week. We've It's been a very hectic first eight weeks of the NBL season, but we've got a week off now for the FIFA window and time to reflect on everything that we saw over a pretty dramatic round eight, but also the season season so far. So we saw Melbourne United keep on winning. Massive second half from them against the yeah. Sydney Kings. All of a sudden, the Perth Wildcats are now on a five-game winning streak and everything's looking good with them. Illawarra Hawks, they look like a different team yeah. under, under Justin Tatum, which we'll talk about. Brisbane Bullets, we talked about last week how they probably should have been on a winning streak and they blew another one from a winning position. More injuries for the New Zealand Breakers, so you have to start to wonder if they're going to be able to ride that ship this season. And a pretty crazy, but not unexpected, Jack McVeigh game winner (laughs) as well, Cody. So plenty for us to get through. We're here thanks to Hoop7 and to TabTouch. I'm Chris Pike, but the man everyone's all tuned in to hear from, the former Sydney Kings and Illawarra Hawks power forward. Warwick Senators Championship winning captain Cody Ellis. Thanks for joining me, mate. I can't believe it's eight weeks in. It? <laughs> oh, yes. um,
2: yeah, it's it's been uh, yeah it's been very quick that uh, we've, we've got to this yes. point in this feeble window. So no, look, um, again, you know, another week of lots happening and lots of headlines and lots of positives and negatives yes. for everyone. And uh, no, look, it was a, it was a
1: fun round going into a break. When I run through all of those things off the top? Did anything stick out? What what stuck out to you mostly out of what we saw across round eight? Oh, I just love Jack McVeigh's game <laughs> yes, winner, to be honest yes. with you. You yeah. know, as soon as I left his hand, I went, Oh, that looks good.
2: And then cash, nothing but the bottom of the net. Yeah. And his little walk-off. And <laughs> yes. it was uh no, that was that uh, was a lot of fun. But no, look, I think I think for me, and especially being the only one out of everyone that put uh preseason mm. uh, little bets together, Brisbane Bullets yep. just not quite getting those few wins that they yeah. probably should have. Yeah, they should. Um, you know, just those stumbling at the finish line type yeah. type games. And, I mean, they could be, yeah, well and truly up there right yeah. now. But uh, mean, kind of just hovering around that.
1: They should be on a six-game winning streak. They usually yes. could be. Yep. Instead, they're on a three-game losing streak yeah. and they're, they're five, and, five and six. Yeah,
2: not ideal. Mm. And they're certainly a better team than that record shows right now. Yeah. So, um, look, just, I mean, losing becomes a habit and so does winning. Yeah. So, yep. you know, They've got to try to figure out how to win those close games yeah. in, in the finish.
1: And sometimes one thing has Bryson. and all one That, one that team also doesn't. happens, yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, so we'll get to that a bit later on. We're here thanks to Hoop7. Head to hoop7.com.au, wherever you are, and check out their latest latest stock. Or if you're in Perth and you're willing to brave the heat right now, Cody, mm. head onto on to Murray Street, but getting very close to Christmas. Have you, have you stocked up? Oh, it's about time
2: I, I yes. did head in there and, and stock up because, uh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, uh,
1: Christmas time right around the corner,
2: so uh, yeah, time to head in there.
1: Now, your exclusives, I won't take any credit for it, <laughs> no, your exclusives thanks to TabTouch on the TabTouch app and at tabtouch.com.au. You're on a bit of a winning streak, Cody.
2: Yeah, a little bit. I think two of the three came off again yeah. last week. So uh, look, just trying to find some winners for everyone. And mm. uh, again, I'm going to stay away from putting money on them myself, so <laughs> that uh, hopefully
1: they keep coming off. Yeah, so we'll have a couple of NBA ones, so head to TabTouch to check those out. All right, Cody, let's get stuck straight into the action. Melbourne United, they just keep on winning. Still without Matthew Delavadova, still without Ian Clark, but as we talked about last week, their depth is their great strength and the way they play as a team is their great strength. And like I said, I guess about Perth having Bryce Cotton, they've also got Chris Golding. Um, Right now, eight weeks in, and as we have a little bit of a time to sort of reflect and look look ahead, is it their championship to lose
2: right now? At the moment, yeah, I think Mm. so. They're far and away the best team in the league. Look, they're probably still not playing to their potential either. I don't think, yeah. and and I mean that's obviously due to the fact that they've had guys in and out, and still missing yeah. two very key players. And it's been a bit of a all over the place for them with with having to play their young guys lots of minutes, yeah. and they've been stepping up big time for them, and, and still getting the job done. Mm. But um, I mean, it's it's a scary thing to think when they become full strength, what they can uh, what
1: they can do. Yeah. Fascinating game that they had with the Sydney Kings. Kings had a great, great first half in, yeah. in that game. They were leading by as much as 19 points. Yeah. Um, we kind of think of Melbourne as more of a defensively-minded team, but mm-hmm. they put up 67 points in the second half, and it was an amazing performance led by, obviously, Chris Golding, 35 points and eight three-pointers.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, Chris has been unbelievable this yeah. season. I mean, he's, I think, especially after this round, he is in MVP conversations. Yeah. Just He's having an unbelievable year, and... His shot looks really good. looks very effortless for oh him. God. And, uh, I mean, it's, it's going down. And he's been the one guy that's kind of bolstered them all season. Mm-hmm. He's, he's been the one guy there every time. And, I mean, he, he is the leader of that team. So um, that's, that's not the least bit surprising. And uh, I think he ticked over his 6, 000, yes uh, NBL point. So that's uh, a very impressive feat. <laughs> Plenty of those scored on my teams, unfortunately. But... Uh, well, look, if, yeah. if you
1: didn't bring it up, I was going to. Yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly.
2: We won't mention the, the the fifty piece that keeps raising its yes. head, you know. Um, but no, look, the, we do think that of them as a defensive unit. But mm. I mean, you just look at the talent they've got um, on the other end of the floor. Um, you know, uh, obviously Goulding, but then once Ian Clark's back, you got him yeah. who's yeah. just an absolute bucket. Yeah. Delhi has been so much more aggressive this yeah, season when he's played. Um, Joe Lualua, mm-hmm. who you know is super hard to stop, you see him grab rebounds off the defensive end yeah. and just push it full court and take yeah. it at whoever's guarding and, him, and that's a seven-footer exactly, and it's hard to stop. And then you know LT does his thing, and oh, his look at
1: look at Travis's stat line from Sunday: eighteen unreal. points, twelve rebounds, four assists, two steals, two blocks.
2: But he had more than two blocks. I so mm-hmm. think he had three straight, yes. and that's yes. again it frustrates me. Yep. It frustrates me because he again I'm pretty sure it was three straight possessions mm-hmm. where he got a block. Yeah. And you know <laughs> to have two for the game yeah. is just wild. So no, look, LT's again, his shots looking unbelievable. He just looks like it's again effortless, and he's worked on it a lot. Yeah, I mean they've just got they've got weapons everywhere, and it's uh,
1: yeah, uh, certainly an intimidating team. We talked about how their offense is much improved, but they're still great defensively, like you touched mm-hmm. on too. And Shea Lee leads that way, and yeah, it's not too many guys that can shut down Jalen Adams, but mm-hmm. he did a great job doing that. But he also had nine assists, so he's yeah. He's shutting their best player down one end and then a lot of those 35 points for Chris Golding were set up by him.
2: Yeah, and just, just running the show really well. Yeah. And um, I think, you know, obviously with Delhi out, he, he's got to step up and, mm-hmm. and kind of be that guy. Mm-hmm. And even with Ian Clark out, who when he plays, he's he's got the ball in his hands a bit more as mm-hmm. well. Um, Shea's just been unbelievable. And mm-hmm. we know what he gives on the defensive end. But to, be, to come out and dish out nine assists and... Even be aggressive, you know, he's attacked the ring a few times and he's been the Shaili that we all have grown to, to love to watch. Yes, and it's
1: just great to seem healthy, yeah. being able to stay out on the court. Um, Perth Wildcats as well, it's amazing. Three weeks ago we were, we thought the the world was about to implode mm. in on them, yep. all of a sudden they won five straight games and things are looking, looking a lot better. Two wins again, Um they beat the Cairns Taipans, pretty comfortable win, and then... A tight one against the Brisbane Bullets, but they were the ones that executed better yeah. down the stretch, especially Christian Doolittle, who yeah. has been amazing. How have they been able to turn it around, and are you sold on them just yet?
2: Yeah, it's, um, yeah, look, five-game win streak after, you know, what happened to start the season, really. Uh, Two and five, for, I think uh, they were.
1: And that was four four straight. Yeah, yeah.
2: and uh, what they've done to turn it around, basically on a dive, is super impressive. And I said it on the, on the Tab Touch radio last week that you know really he's shortened his bench,
0: mm.
2: but this year he's shortened it the right way, yes, last year he shortened it, but in the wrong way, and it didn't really pan out for them, yeah. right he's done it right this year, and you know having guys that in, instead of putting all the firepower out on the floor at once, you know he's he's got guys like Hiram Harris mm. and Jesse Wagg stuff coming in mm. and playing big minutes and being those i guess enforcers for mm. the team, and mm. being those guys willing to do. Uh, the, the dirty work, dive on the floor, yep. you know, hit a body, box someone out, mm. take a charge, mm. um, all, all those little things that every team needs. You know, They've got plenty of guys that are going to be able to put points on the board. Yeah. So that's not ever going to be their issue. But I think the defensive end is where they certainly struggled to start mm. the year. And, I mean, we saw it in the first round where they gave up over 200 points over those two games, <laughs> yes. right? And that was always a red flag from the mm-hmm. very get-go. Yeah. So I think they've turned that around a bit, um, yeah. just purely from the personnel that they're playing, and mm. you know the lineups that he's putting together. Yeah, it's I mean it's, it's nice to see Bryce being Bryce again too. But, yeah, uh, so it's nice. always
1: fun to see. Um, we'll, we'll get to Hiram Harris later once mm-hmm. we get to our Galen Award, but I want to ask you about Christian Doolittle because we weren't quite sure what he brought to the team when mm. we first saw him over yep. the first couple of weeks. But I guess it was just a matter of him fitting in. So mm. he w- he came in very late, then he got injured, and then now that he's settled. Um, He's a great defender, Yeah. he's a great rebounder, but he's got an offensive game now as well and he looks a lot more confident with the ball in his hands mm-hmm. to actually create a shot for himself too. He does and he's one of my favourite guys on
2: that team mm-hmm. to, to watch just because, he, again, he does all the little things. You know, he, At times he doesn't really bother the, the stat sheet too much, mm-hmm. but... I mean, he guards one through five. You know, mm-hmm. you can you can switch with him. He can guard the, the point guards. You know, he's he's long enough and smart enough to be able to contest shots mm-hmm. and, you know, follow them into the help side and, mm-hmm. and all that. And he's, he's strong enough to be able to bang down low with, with the big footers in the league. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, look, offensively, he's just getting more and more comfortable mm-hmm. each week. And to have Bryce be Bryce, someone else also has to be able to step up. Mm-hmm. And he's been that guy every yeah. week so far. So, it, well, in this little stretch anyway. And, uh, yeah, look, I mean, he hit a little kind of sidestep three yes. on the opposite side from where the benches are late yep. in that game yep. to, to really put the pressure on Brisbane. Mm. And, uh, I mean, that kind of ended up being something that helped the Cats gain sure. that momentum and, and, and win that one. Yeah.
1: Um, they're, they're doing a lot of things right. Rebounding is one thing that they've really turned around. Mm. Um, how have they become a good rebounding team? Yeah. Is it is it as simple as Doolittle, Harris, and even Wangstaff at times? Yeah. Making the effort because their offensive rebounding, especially against Brisbane, was huge in that win, and even Bryce grabbed his offensive rebound yeah. on his free throw at the yeah. end um they're a good they're a good rebounding team right now, yeah they are, and it's
2: re- rebounds is all effort right, and that's something that you know really in his coaching staff's obviously just hounding them mm. like get on the boards, and I think you know Keanu has been good for them all year on the boards. Yeah. But to have, have those other guys step up has just been huge for them and it's it's tough. I mean, every time every time you see a shot up shot goes up, you see Jesse just sprinting through. Yeah. you know. You see Hiram sprinting through. Do little's there all the time. Especially
1: with Jesse. I mean, he might not grab a lot of rebounds, but he's always boxing out and he's all yeah. he might create a lot of the rebounds for his teammates.
2: Oh, he absolutely does. Absolutely does. And just the fact that, you know, you've got a body and you know, Jesse being six eight like he is, mm-hmm. you've got a body like that charging through the keyway, someone's got to find him and get a body on him, which takes away one of the you know defensive rebounders. So, mm. yeah, I think it's just become more of an emphasis for him and it's mm. obviously panning out.
1: They're also getting to the foul line a lot. Mm. Is that a credit to them for being aggressive and taking it inside? Bryce is getting there a lot. Yeah. Keanu's getting there a lot. 71 free throws over two games for them is it's a lot. lot. Is a lot. It's, yeah. it's a lot, but is that something they should be credited for or are we still seeing too many whistles?
2: Oh, a bit of both. Look, mm-hmm. I, I think they've been a lot more aggressive at the rim. We saw earlier in the season where they're just kind of putting up lots of threes and mm. jacking up poor shots yeah. and not quite attacking the rim the, the way that they had in the past. Yeah. Or almost playing for the foul. And, yeah. and that's yeah. that never going to get you a whistle. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're still seeing way too many way too many calls. It's, um, I mean, it, it does get tough to watch at times. It really does.
1: Especially when it's lopsided. <laughs> Against oh, it Brisbane, the numbers awful. were incredible. Thirty-seven free throws for the Wildcats, seven for Brisbane, and that's a Brisbane team that's got Baines and Sobey who yeah. you think deserve a few more calls than that.
2: Yeah, that's um, yeah. I mean, that's just ridiculous. Yeah. The, the, like, there's no way that a game is that lopsided, mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, it's, it's actually unbelievable. That, <laughs> you know, you, a team can shoot that many more free throws.
1: Let's get to your highlight of the week. Let's get to Jack McVeigh. Mm. I asked Scott Roth this question after the game and said, "Is there anyone that you could imagine?" preferring to have the ball in in that situation and Jack McVeigh said. Absolutely not. And and he even included guys he's seen in the NBA that he's yeah. been around, and he said that Jack is just the guy that you want in that situation yeah. because he has the confidence to shoot it, mm-hmm. but he's also got a great shot. Yeah. He's got a great-looking shot, and it's purely because of the work that he's put in. Yeah. I, I, I don't know this for sure, but I'd be amazed if he's not the hardest working player in the league. He hit the game winner in overtime against the Taipans. It's hard not to be happy for him, isn't
2: it? Oh, it is. It is. It's, um, it's awesome to see, and... Yeah, look, I I follow Jack on uh, Twitter or mm. X, whatever yep, you want to yep. call it. And it, it's really an interesting follow. So for anyone mm. that out there that doesn't follow him, give him a follow mm. because uh, he he posts a lot of his insights and, mm. you know, what's going through his head and, you know, all the work that he puts in. And you're right, I, he would absolutely be one of the hardest working guys in the league for sure. And, you know, confidence comes from that preparation, right? That's That's where it comes from. So mm. the fact that he is, you know, prepares the way he does is you know no surprise that he's so confident to, to be able to take those late game shots and probably takes them as if it was a shot in the middle of the second quarter you <laughs> yeah, know so yeah. like it was awesome to see it go in and uh, I mean it was nice to see a, a game winner as well you know that is. that isn't Bryce because he's usually <laughs> the one around the league doing it so uh,
1: yeah it was nice to, uh, to change it up a little. I love Jack's reaction after the game when he was asked, <laughs> "What were you thinking when you caught the ball?" And he just goes, "Yes, I get yeah. to shoot." <laughs> yeah, exactly. and, and I think he's he's legitimate. That would have yeah. been what he's thinking. And I I just love how refreshing it is that he doesn't let any negativity creep in. No, he doesn't.
2: He's he's one of the most happy-go-lucky guys yeah. that is is around the league. So, uh, and in
1: fairness to him, he was he was that when he was riding the bench, not playing yeah. in Adelaide. He was still the most positive guy back then.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And that's something that. I know he kind of hangs his hat on his, you know, his positivity and what he brings to the team—not just on the floor, but you know, in terms of uh, around the group in general—and mm. you know, that's a lot of credit to, to all the work he's put in to himself. Mm. And, uh, and a lot more guys can probably, you know, take a leaf out of his book and mm. do that kind of a thing. Mm. Um, but I mean, the best thing about it is you see him shooting free throws, and mm. you know he takes his two dribbles, he looks up, <laughs> and then he big smile on yes. his face, and then shoots yep. it. You know, yep. so um, you know that's all part of his mental side of the game yep. that's uh, become so strong for him. For sure,
1: it was a fascinating finish up in Cairns to that game. So I felt like the Titans were running out the clock on the last possession to mm. make sure they didn't give Tasmania enough time up the other end of the court. So Jim McCall caught the ball, and, and in fairness to him, he made a good drive he and did. a good and yeah. a good bucket, yeah. and it put Cairns ahead. But he left seven seconds on the clock. In yeah. that situation, is that a mistake? Or do you take the basket you can even if you give the other team a chance?
2: I just think it was they probably started their play too soon. Mm. It, only by maybe two or three seconds. Yep. That's, that's all it is, yep. right? Yep. But that's the difference between winning that game and losing it the way you did. Yep. You know what I mean? So, yeah, look, I mean, McCall getting to the rack the way he did, mm. perfect. Yep. You know, that's what you want. You know? If I, you
1: did it with three seconds left... Tasmania don't have time to set up that shot, do they?
2: No, I don't think so. And it's a lot more rushed shot. It's probably from a lot deeper out. It's probably not in Jack McVeigh's hands. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's it's really such a tough one that late in the game Mm. to know the timing and get your timing down perfectly. Because realistically, you also want to take that shot. And look, each team's different. Each coach's philosophies are different. But you kind of want to take that shot with a little bit of time to be able to maybe get a board and tip it back in. You know what I mean. Yeah, so yeah. yeah, look tough one, but I, I think he he certainly made the right play. It definitely was it definitely was the right play. And you want you want the ball in McCall's hand going downhill, mm. right? So they were I think they were down two, yes, and then McCall's layout tied it. But they had Magne guarding him, mm. right? And whether they did run the play too early or not, you know, it is what it is. But as soon as McCall catches it on the wing. Mm. Magne almost bites at a pump fake. Well, why are you
1: closing out on him? No, you would want him to take a three. Well, that's you? the
2: thing. If you're going to lose by McCall knocking down a triple, I think you'd live with that.
1: And a contested one over a, th- yeah, over a seven footer.
2: Yeah. So look, and that's, you know, obviously they had Magne guarding him because they knew he was going to get to the rack. Yep. But you know, he he kind of bites on half a pump fake mm. and and lets McCall get around him really quick and then mm. to the to the rack. And it's one of those things that. You know, all this happens for a reason right yeah. you know if if that didn't happen and if he had have stayed back and walled up and you know made McCall shoot a tough one over him mm. might have missed it might have might have made it but mm. with a lot less time on the clock mm. and then Jack's shot probably doesn't happen yeah. and it's yeah, yeah yeah um big series of events but no look I think defensively that's certainly something that they'll mm. look at and I'm sure Scott Roth will talk to Magne about it yeah. and, and uh look it's it's a tough one, late games, right you know adrenaline's pumping, and mm. you see someone catch it wide open on three mm-hmm. you start to panic straight away yeah. look uh, I do think it was the right play. I think it, McCall did the right thing yeah. you've you got to take what you, what you get at that point, especially mm. when you're down you know it,
1: well I'm fa- I want to get your insights on that and your thoughts as someone that's obviously played basketball your whole life in that situation, do you run a different play if you're down two and you just need any basket to mm-hmm. tie the score or if and if score's a level where I guess if you score, it's a bonus and mm-hmm. the worst result is going to overtime. Do you make sure you run out your clock in that situation? So do you have different plays depending on oh, the yeah. score? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And look, it's like
2: I mentioned before, you kind of, if you're down, you kind of want to get a shot up, but with, with a bit of time on the clock to be able to get that O board if yes, yes. it does miss, yeah. right? There's some players that you'd live and die by whatever happens, mm-hmm. You know, even if they yeah. take a last second shot, yep. you know, Bryce being one of those guys. But, uh, yeah, look, there's definitely different players for different situations mm-hmm. and different scenarios. So if it's tie ball game, you get the last shot regardless, mm-hmm. right? If it's down two, you want the last shot, absolutely, yeah. but you do want that little bit of a time sure. on the clock. And then, again, if you're down three, you've got plays to run four or three, but there's also options out of it to get scores at the rim yeah. in really quick time. So you kind of take whatever is the best option. Mm-hmm. Yeah, look, yeah, it's so many different scenarios that can happen with <laughs> yeah. you know only a couple of seconds left in a game. Yeah,
1: all right, Craig, we want to take a break because that's positives to talk about out of the Wildcats and Melbourne and the Jack Jumpers and we've got a few more talking points. We'll talk about the Breakers, talk about the Hawks, talk about the Bullets when we when we come back after we hear from Tap Touch. Sounds good.
0: He'll make it for sure. That's why I backed them on TapTouch. You got the touch. You got the power. Got the touch? Choose TapTouch. Better your bet. Download the app today. Imagine what you could be buying instead.
1: All right. Back on Hoop7's Basketball Hustle. I'm here with Cody Ellis. Why do the New Zealand Breakers have the most horrible run of luck right now, Cody? They, they overcame it all last season, and they yeah. were within minutes of winning a championship. So they can overcome it. But now that they're still without Zylan Cheatham... And they're now without Will McDowell White. Um, they did well on the weekend. They did beat the Tasmania Jack Jumpers, mm-hmm. obviously, and then they had a bit of a bit of a slip up back back home against the Illawarra Hawks, who are a bit of their bogey team for, yeah. for whatever reason. But um, gee, being without McDowell White and Cheatham, it's going to be tough for them.
2: It really is, and you feel for them because you're right. They just can't catch a break. Oh. You know, obviously, really tough travel schedule to start the season. Yeah. You know, people dropping left and right, yeah. and then. Finally, you get to some sort of normalcy mm. in terms of travel schedule yeah. in round eight, and yeah, I mean you, you're losing two of your starters. And
1: after after the Thursday night win, Modi Mayall talked about how oh, he's praying for, he's praying for luck, and he hopes he gets yeah. some good news tomorrow about Will that he yeah. can play the next game on Sunday. Mm. The next day, we found out he's got a yeah. he's got a broken bone in his in his lower leg. leg. Yeah, yeah, not
2: ideal. It's. Uh, yeah, I I just I'm I'm not sure. Again, I think we've said it before, but I'm not sure how many you know ladders they've walked under <laughs> and mirrors they've broken. And because uh, yeah, their luck seems to be in the negative, mm. really. Mm. So uh, look, hopefully they can come good towards the end of the season. But mm. uh, I mean, it's it's really tough to come back from where they're from, right where they are right now. Well, they're three and seven. Yeah, I mean we've
1: we've talked about it before. You probably can only afford to lose ten games at the absolute most. Yeah. So. They've got 18 games to go and they need to win 14 or 15. (laughs) Yeah, and that's without two of
2: their starters for the foreseeable, really. So, yeah, look, they're an interesting one because, you know, the the recruited guys, you know, like Finder Lane come back Mm. and there was lots of hype around him Mm -hmm. coming back and he's elevated his game. He's just not, he's just kind of out there at the moment. Right now, he's not the same player as he was before. Absolutely not.
1: I think he... From I'm going off memory, the last season he played, he wasn't quite the same mm-hmm. player. But the season before that, he was a. I think he ended up being named to the second team, but yeah. he was probably unlucky to not be in the yep. in the All First. Very team. much
2: so, very much so. And he's just yeah, he's. I mean, he played. I think in that game versus Illawarra, he played like thirty, four or something minutes. Yeah. And had, a handful of points, yeah. maybe a couple of rebounds, and that was about it. For New Zealand to take a leap forward, and again, it's going to be tough without you know their floor general and with Dow White. Mm. But those kinds of guys have to step up. I think Abercrombie's got to become a lot more uh, aggressive offensively. You know, Again, he played D 5 or something yeah. and didn't score, I don't think. He's
1: almost not looking for his offensive no. game at all,
2: is he, at the moment? He's not. He's not. And he's, he's doing a lot of the little things. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. And again, he's that veteran leader of that squad, oh. and he's been around forever as well. Yes. So, you know, there's certainly some Ks on, on his legs. Yeah. But those, ki- those are the kinds of guys that need to step up and start bothering the scoreboard for them um, because otherwise they just
1: don't have enough firepower to beat teams. Even their big guys. I mean, Mango and Pino are yeah. not scorers either, no. so they do need to playing those three and four spots to help out, Anthony. Yeah. I mean, you can't really ask for much more we had a Lamb and Jackson Cartwright right, no, right, but, right now. No,
2: but other than that, no one's even getting close to double figures, no. you know, so they need another scoring punch or two, yeah. um, at least someone being aggressive. Yeah. Um, so... Jackson Cartwright and Lamb have been unbelievable for
1: them. But yeah, there's, uh, lots of their guys have to step up now. What I'm hoping for, I really want to see Lamb and Cheatham playing together. That yeah. That is going to be a hell of an exciting... If those are their three and their four men, and yeah. one of them can probably slide up to the five at times, see, good luck stopping them. So I, I hope we get to see that for a, at least a considerable chunk in the second half of the year.
2: Yeah, well, they could definitely play the four and five, yeah. right? And that'd be a nightmare for teams. <laughs>
1: Lamb's smart
2: enough, strong enough. He's been around long enough to be able to guard the fives around the league, right? I think Cheatham's Cheatham Cheatham the exact same way. So yeah. they could very easily play the four and five. And yeah, that would that'd be a lot of fun to watch. Hopefully, we can get to see that. And then hopefully, we get to see Will McDowell White uh, mm. back out there and, and controlling the team and, and being the floor general. And I mean, we we saw flashes of it with him and Cheatham mm. early. You yeah. know, just yeah. Will getting in the paint and just, here you go, go get it. Throwing it up well, to the rim. They were just
1: starting to find their groove yeah. together, weren't they?
2: Yeah, they were. So it's uh, obviously frustrating for mm. you know that whole squad and and the fan base, I'm sure. Yeah. But uh, yeah, hopefully a
1: bit of luck comes their way soon. The team they lost to on Sunday was the Illawarra Hawks. I don't think I can recommend going back to watch the replay of <laughs> this game because it wasn't pretty. But for the Hawks, I think that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. They They haven't been good defensively. So far this season, So obviously after what they went through last week, changing coach with Justin Tatum coming in, and I liked everything I saw because you could see some real buy-in defensively. They had some real bite to their defense, and that's why they're able to hold the breakers to 65 points, and you know, the breakers have their issues, as we just talked about, but anytime you can hold a team to 65 points, you're you're doing a good job defensively, and to me, what it looked like is that they all bought in defensively, Mm. but also... They were listening to their coach. Their coach had obviously preached defence and yep. preached some non-negotiables. What stood out in the press conference afterwards when both Justin and Gary Clark were talking was that we had some non-negotiables that everyone had to stick to at practice during the week. Mm-hmm. If you didn't do it in practice, you weren't playing. Mm-hmm. And then if you didn't, didn't do it during the game, you weren't staying out there. Yep. They were a much better defensive team. And gee, sometimes that just comes from maybe you have a little bit more of a, of a coach who has a stronger voice that mm-hmm. comes with a bit more authority.
2: Yeah, no, definitely. And, you know, we said going in that this was kind of a free swing for them this round. And, I mean, they, yeah, they definitely kind of turned the tables for themselves, Mm -hmm. which was was cool to see. And, you know, we we mentioned it last week on the show that with the personnel that they have, they're going to be best getting out and running Uh on offense, Mm -hmm. right? It's not going to be bogged down and running plays and that Mm -hmm. sort of stuff. They're going to be the best when they're out and running. To do that, you've got to get stops, right? You, You can't be pulling it out of the net every single possession and expect to be able to, you know, run it back the other way, um, on a set defense, you know, again, it all starts on the defensive end. So I think Tatum's come in that week and they've probably had a week full of just defensive sessions, which is a nightmare (laughs) as a player, just quietly. It's it's a uh, nightmare, but it showed. Yeah. And, and it, it's something that, especially in this league to be successful, you have to be able to play defense. Mm. Um, you know, offense will come, but you have to be able to play defense. And you know, we we see that with the best teams in the league. Um, Melbourne, probably the best defensive team in the <laughs> league, and you know, the Cats now that they're on a, a bit of a a uh, winning streak. You know, their defense has turned mm-hmm. the corner a bit, and it, it's 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 stuff like that um, that is going to make you successful. So. It's going to be probably another long week for them. Mm-hmm. Um, they're probably just going to keep building on <laughs> yeah. on those uh, on those defensive principles. But it's it's good, and that's yeah. that's what's going to turn this team around.
1: It's interesting. So I feel like Jacob Jacomas would clearly have Justin covered in terms of X's and O's mm-hmm. and what he what he wants to run and what what he wants to call. But from what we're only one game game in, so it's a small sample size. But it looks like Tatum can really motivate his players yeah. and almost make your players want to go and run through a brick wall. For him. How do, you, how do you get the balance right between a coach who, one who's great with his analytics and great with his X's and O's and a coach that's just a great motivator?
2: Yeah, look, you need a bit of both, mm-hmm. right? And obviously Tatum's coming in again. You know, sound like a broken record, but free swing for him. Yes. You know, just He's like, all right, well, we've seen what's happened when we don't do these things, mm-hmm. right? You know, we win one or two games out mm-hmm. of the eight we've played, nine we've played. Okay, we need to we need to change something. Mm. So either you get on board with this, or you don't play. Yeah. Right? These guys are professional athletes; they want to play. Mm. So you, you're going to buy into that sort of stuff. And I think it's probably been a bit refreshing for them just hearing a bit of a different voice now. And um, you know, we'll, we'll see how the buy-in continues. Yes. And, and if it does keep going the way it it did this game, you're right. Um, it's
1: easy easy to do for, for one game. Isn't it, it? it is. <laughs> it
2: is. So and it's. Not discrediting New Zealand by any stretch, but against a team like New Zealand, it's probably easier to do right now. Than who who had just lost a will two days earlier? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know they're beaten and battered, and yeah, they're struggling right now. So you know it's going to be a good little fever break for them, I think, just to kind of it's perfect timing, isn't it, for a new coach to it, come in and yeah. make his mark? Yeah, it really is. So it's going to be uh, it's going to be fun to see what they do at the uh, end of
1: this. One team that won't be enjoying this break is the Brisbane Bullets. Yeah. They're still playing a lot of good basketball. They're doing a lot of things mm-hmm. right, except in the last two or three minutes of games. I mean, take a look at their last three games, Cody. Um, neither team scored in the last three minutes when they played the Tasmania Jack Jumpers, and they they narrowly lost lost that game. Yep. Then they were in control against the Sydney Kings, and they gave up a fifteen to zero run to lose that game. And then they were in control against the Perth Wildcats again on on Saturday night, and they gave up a fifteen to four run to to see that game slip out as well. Um, it's not going to be a fun two weeks to think about that,
2: no, it's definitely not. It's been one of those things that it's almost like they're the last you know three four minutes of games they're trying not to lose the lead rather mm-hmm. than yeah. just playing the way they've been playing all game yeah. you know it's they kind of tighten up a bit on offense and their defense is kind of half a step behind mm-hmm. um and that's I mean that's when they really need to figure out how to put their foot on team's throats mm-hmm. and um you know, turn those screws. And again, that all starts on the defensive end. Mm-hmm. And I think they've been really good defensively for most of the season uh-huh. so far. Mm-hmm. And, you know, led by Norto and Sam McDaniel. Mm-hmm. Again, Sam McDaniel, I think, is really up there in the uh, mm-hmm. Defensive Player of the mm-hmm. Year voting for mine. You know, if it stopped today, it'd be him or Shaili that yeah. you'd give it to. Um, and I think he,
1: in the leaderboard on the demo, Tyrell Harrison's right up there as well. Yeah,
2: yeah exactly. So he's he's bolstering from the back there, which yeah. is really good. But yeah, I mean this is yeah, this gonna be a long long couple of weeks for, for these boys and look, it's it's a tough one. You've you've got to figure out how to close these games out and mm. for this team in the past, you know, obviously have had a bit of a struggle the past mm-hmm. probably four years now. Yeah, yeah. So they're certainly doing a lot of the right things. But uh it's it's these little games that can come back and bite you later in the season and
1: you know, hopefully you won't see that. Could it be as simple as if they can figure out a way to win one of these close games and finish out one game well and then it could just snowball like they've sort of learned how to lose, yeah. once they get one of them and win one of them, could it just end up, did they then learn how to win?
2: Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's just that first one to try and steal, <laughs> yeah. right? I mean, realistically, they should have won all three of these games. Mm-hmm. And you know, like I said before, it does become a bit of a habit. And mm. that's when you get to this situation and it's, three minutes to go or four minutes to go, and you're up by seven, eight points, you've been that the whole game, all of a sudden you get that bit more tense and that bit more tight, and you're like, instead of just shooting the ball, you are kind of trying to steer it in and, Mm. and do that kind of a thing, then that's where you lose them, and that's what we've seen in these three games. So, I mean, they just need to keep playing. I mean, mm-hmm. they just keep doing what they've been doing because to control a game for 35 minutes and then mm-hmm. let it slip in that last five is so frustrating. Mm-hmm. I've been on the end of too many of those games, <laughs> unfortunately. And it's not fun. It's not fun in the video session all of a mm-hmm. sudden. You know, something that should be really positive and, you know, picking out bits and pieces that, that are negative, you end up focusing so much on the negative mm-hmm. because
1: of the way you finish the game yet. Well, that'd be an interesting one. When they do their review of that Mm -hmm. game this week, how much of the first thirty-five minutes do they watch, or do they just watch the last few minutes where they blew it? You definitely watch a lot of the positives, and I think you
2: have to. You can't just go into film sessions and be negative, right? There is times when that is needed, Mm -hmm. but it can't be all the time. Obviously, there is going to be a focus on those last few minutes Mm -hmm. of these games to to see what they've done wrong, and for mine, it would be. You know, you show them how they played for that first 35 minutes, you show the highlights of what they did right and all that sort of stuff, and then compare it to that last five Would minutes. Would it, it become pretty
1: obvious yeah. about what they stopped doing?
2: I think so. Yeah, I think so. And, look, it's it's for me watching, it's, it's fairly obvious that, you know, they do. They do tighten up a little bit in those last few minutes. And it's tough, you know. There's <laughs> a lot of pressure in those last few minutes, mm. especially especially when a team's making some shots against you too. Mm. So, um yeah
1: interesting couple of weeks for them ahead and uh you know, hopefully they can figure it out I and mean, the positive is despite all of that, they're still five and six and if oh, the yeah. season finished right now, they're still in the playoff yeah in you know, in a in a play position at least
2: yeah no, they definitely are and again i I really enjoy watching this team yeah. play had them in my top four in the yes. pre-season predictions, so
1: hopefully they can uh snag some of these and and climb the ladder. another game I want to get your thoughts on the adelaide thirty six is in the East melbourne phoenix um uh, this was the most Classic tale of two halves you'll yeah. you'll ever see because the Phoenix completely dominated the first half of this of this game on Friday night and they were thirty five to eighteen up at, at quarter time they were leading fifty three to thirty five at at half time. and I had going through my mind that gee the thirty sixers are really yeah really struggling and maybe they haven't turned any sort of a corner yep. at all all of a sudden they put up sixty one points to forty in the second mm. half and it was all led by D J Fazilovich who like we talked when they signed him, we talked about how he gives this team yeah. that winning, winning bite. Yeah, someone with a winning culture and that bit of a swagger, and he showed all of that. But full credit to Jacob Wiley mm. for the energy that he brought yeah. too.
2: Wiley was unbelievable for them. I think. I think um, you know guys that give and, and feed off that energy are a bit underrated mm. in this league, and I think they're a bit of a necessity mm-hmm. through, through teams that are going to be successful. And you know after a couple last couple games where he's been struggling with illness you know yeah. he, we haven't been able to see that and it's yeah. it's tough to do when when you're sick <laughs> you know so yeah. to have him come out and do what he did just energy wise was was wicked to see dj you know this is what we've come to expect from yeah. dj and yeah. that three falling away <laughs> out of the sideline that yes. banked was was massive <laughs> and i think that was something that really turned the tide and gave them momentum moving yeah. forward but uh that's something against the Phoenix, doesn't it? It, it does. It's just the same team
1: he scored forty-two points on oh, last year. I know, right, I know.
2: So and it's not like he's getting easy buckets, no, you know. No. So but uh no, it was it was um it was very similar to the Melbourne Sydney game and, you know, that teams just kind of flip-flopped at half time and uh yeah, look Adelaide did very well. Did very well to to
1: finish that one off the way they did. Also like the game with Trenton Flowers. Yes. Um thirteen points, which we know he can score because he's a great athlete. But nine rebounds mm-hmm. as well. So he's a young guy that he knows that at times he's not going to get a lot of minutes, but he's giving great energy when he's out there now.
2: Yeah, and I've really enjoyed what he's done um, yeah. because you kind of see him up and talking to CJ and asking questions as well yeah. and, you know, talking to the coaching staff and talking to the guys coming off and he's asking it questions. Look like, it doesn't
1: look like he lets it get him down if he's not playing. No. It looks like he's genuinely out there to learn and develop. 100%. And yeah. that's... That's what I've loved about it. You know, you see a lot of these guys
2: come in expecting to play big minutes, and if they don't, they kind of drop their head and don't really care, Mm. and you know, poor me, all this sort of Mm. stuff. So it's it's kind of refreshing to see you know a a kid like this come in who's super highly touted Mm. and not maybe playing as many minutes as he would have thought coming in, Mm. but the fact that he's willing to learn, he's willing to to ask the questions, and that's something that. You know, NBA scouts look for as well. You know, his attitude looks terrific. Well, that's it. it. And attitude is such a big thing. You yeah. know, especially you know you're dealing with some big attitudes over <laughs> in the states as yeah. it is. So yeah. you know, if you can get young guys coming in and mm. and having that positive attitude and that willingness to learn and do what it takes for the team to win, mm. then that's um, that's only positive for you. So it's it's been really cool to see.
1: Yeah, the Adelaide fans ended up having a lot to cheer about in the second half, but I don't think I've ever heard the Adelaide Entertainment Centre. Quieter than when Daniel Johnson hit his two three pointers yeah. in, in the first half. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, it was a very quiet one day. So <laughs> went deadly silent. It did. And, and full credit to them though, when he did check into the game, they gave him a, gave him a big ovation.
2: Yeah, which is what we thought would happen, yep. and we hoped would happen, That's and uh, certainly well deserved.
1: What about the Phoenix? That's two disappointing losses now. Very that They go into this break, so this is another team that won't enjoy this two week break right. because they were poor against a Melbourne United team that we thought they should have been able to take mm-hmm. care of, and then. Their second half in this game was poor as well. Do you have some concerns for them?
2: A little bit. A little bit. They've just there's they're one of those teams that should be a lot better than they're playing right mm. now. And it's just, you know, bits and pieces. You know, they've they've got all the right pieces around, you know, their superstars yep. to, to be successful and they're just not quite where they should be, mm. I think. You know, obviously they've been a little bit disrupted with having guys out and coming mm-hmm. in late and a little bit of still trying to figure out how to play together, but I don't think that's too much of an excuse anymore. But yeah, it's, it's, they're really interesting, right? Because they can be so damn good, but then we've seen, you know, the opposite, where yeah. they can just be really, really poor. And that second half against Adelaide, we, we saw that. Mm. So yeah, I'm, you're right, they're not going to enjoy this two weeks for sure.
1: Mm. All right, Cody. What I might do, I'll run through the ladder after eight rounds, and then when we come back, we'll get our awards for this week, and then we'll, some more talking points to wrap things up and yep. it's strange not having a preview to do for, yes. for this coming coming <laughs> week but we'll do that next week so the the standings right now Melbourne United clearly out on top 10 and two Sydney Kings are still second seven and four so uh, the way it pans out those two are locked into a playoff spot and then everyone else is playing to be part of it once we get to that point but that's a long way away from here so we've, been, we've then got the jack Jumpers seven and five the Wildcats seven and five the Phoenix six and six and then rounding up the top six the bullets five and six. Then the Taipans four and six, Adelaide four and seven, the Breakers three and seven, the Hawks three and seven. What stands out?
2: Uh look, I, I don't think it's really anything too crazy, to be honest with you. I think that's kind of how we saw it going. Mm. Um you know, obviously New Zealand's probably the one that we thought would be yep. a lot better than they are. Yes. I think Cairns being at four and six and they're holding their own against everyone. You know they're they're pushing everyone. So and they haven't been at full
1: strength at any point. No, you? they
2: haven't, and that's all credit to to forty and how he gets his team pre- teams yeah. prepared. And it doesn't matter who's out there, you mm. know, they're going to be competitive. Yeah. So you know, Perth have done well to push themselves back into the top four mm. after you know the start they had. Tassie, I think probably could be better than their seven and five record. They've let a few. Kind of slip. That they're really up and down this they, season, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, they really are. So, and I, I think I think that's because they don't quite have that same bite defensively. Yep. And we've heard Scott Roth talk about mm-hmm. that, and they need to find their identity again yep. on the defensive end. And once that happens, then they'll be good to go. Because they're offensively, they're as good as they've ever been. They're so, probably better, but, yeah. but not quite as they're not as good defensively. Correct, yeah. correct. So, no, look, I, I think that's you know obviously the top two are, are fairly obvious, and that's not the least bit surprising. But yeah, look, I, I think it's. Probably where it should be, yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see how uh, the rest of the season pans out, and you know, lots of teams that kind of need to find
1: a bit of an identity to yeah. to really make a push for the those playoff spots. We'll talk more about it next week, and we'll do a show with Simon Mitchell where we can go through any more detail. But putting you on the spot right now, does the top six change by the end of the season to what it is right now? No. Not so much the order, but just the teams no. that are in the top six.
2: I don't think so. I think that's fairly set. Yeah. You know, obviously, Brizzy need to figure their stuff out and mm. figure out how to finish those games. And South need to, again, figure mm. their self out yeah. as well. But I think that's pretty set. Um, obviously, where they are positioned is, is going to change, I yeah. think. Um, I think that'll change fairly dramatically. Top two will probably stay the way they are. But the the next four will will mix, uh, mix around a little bit. Mm. Um, but yeah, that six is set, I reckon.
1: All right, very good. Been a lot to get through. But we've still got more to get through. So when we come back, we'll wrap up the show and find some more things to talk about, Cody, and wrap things up. Sounds good.
0: He'll make it for sure. That's why I backed him on TapTouch. You got the touch. You got the power. Got the touch? Choose TapTouch. Better your bet. Download the app today. Imagine what you could be buying instead.
1: Okay, back on Hoop7's Basketball Hustle. Our last segment for this week, Cody, so we'll wrap things up. Let's start with our award winners from Round 8. Let's start with the Galen. So this is for the best team man in the NBL, named by Simon Mitchell, who will, will be joined by next week. I'm looking forward to picking his brain a bit mm-hmm. more next week and yeah, definitely. just letting you two go head-to-head mm. more, more than anything. I'll just, I'll just take a back seat. Any surprise that it's Hiram Harris this week? You've talked a lot about how impressed you are and how important he's been to the Wildcats turnaround and – Pretty good choice for this week after those two wins that the Wildcats had.
2: Oh, perfect choice! And you know, you see, obviously the plus seven against Cairns, and look, plus minus obviously doesn't show the the whole result, but I actually no. do really like yeah. that stat. And there's, you're either one end or the other mm. of, of the scale on yeah. this one. You either love it or hate it, and I I actually really like yeah. it. You know, for those that don't understand it, it's you know it's you know whether your team is better off with or without <laughs> you on the yeah. floor, basically. Yeah. Right. So. Hiram Harris, with him out on the floor for, against Cairns, you know, Cats were seven points better yeah. than what Cairns were. And then against Brisbane, you know, plus 19, which, which was massive. Yeah,
1: And it's also not, he's also not—he's doing it in limited minutes. I mean, yeah. he only played 40 minutes across the two games mm-hmm. and then his team was plus 26.
2: Yeah, yeah. Look, they were really good with him out there and we, we've, we've been over it multiple times and every week sing his praises mm-hmm. and I think he's, you know, perfect, perfect recipient of the award this week. Because, again, he just does a lot of the little things. Mm. And obviously scoring 14 against Brisbane was, yeah. was yep. great. I think that was a career high for him. So mm. that, that was that yeah. was good to see. Um, but it's the rebounding and just, just the
1: effort stuff. That yeah, he, well, that he, he if he scores any points, it's a bonus, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, very isn't much really? so. um, Because, like we talked about, they've got Pinder, they've got Cotton. They don't necessarily need these... Role players to score. No, they just need to create an environment where the scorers can thrive. Yeah, they do, and they obviously need these
2: guys to take their opportunities if yeah. they do have that opportunity to score. And, and Hiram's done that so yeah. far this season for them. And um, yeah, no, look, he's he's the the perfect recipient this week. I think.
1: So it was Simon that chose it. Here's yeah. what he had to say about about Hiram. So he said his offensive rebounding, IQ, and free throws were clutch down the stretch. If he played for Southeast, Melbourne, Brisbane, New Zealand, or Cairns they all would have had tight wins instead of losses this yep. week, which I think is a great point. 100%. I, I
2: totally agree with that. You know, everyone, like we've said before, everyone needs guys like that. Yeah. So, look, he was huge. He was huge for them. So, uh, yeah, Simon hit the nail on the head.
1: Big week for Damien Martin. Mm. We'll talk about that a bit later. But he's also cast his votes in his Best Defensive Player Award here on here on the show. And very hard to argue that Shaley deserved the three votes <laughs> this yeah. week, I think, Cody. Um, yeah. Will Magne, this was a great... Bounce back for him because he's had a tough run with injury, but especially against the Breakers, even though his team lost, he he was huge. And another play that I think the stats said four blocks, but mm. I think it comfortably could have been du- yeah. could have been doubled. And Isaiah Liarfa, especially in the Breakers win that they had in that same game against the Jack Jumpers, I thought was terrific. And if it's coming from Damo, it's tough for us to to argue. Oh yeah, it is. You can't argue with Damo uh, <laughs> on the defensive
2: end of the floor. So Shaley, I mean, it's hard. Not to kick uh, three votes every single week, mm-hmm. really. Uh, Will Magnay kind of had a bit of a coming out weekend for himself, which was good to see, and and good for Jack Jumpers fans to see, I'm mm-hmm. sure. Isaiah Arfa, I feel like, flies under the radar mm-hmm. a little bit defensively. Yeah. I think he's such a solid defender, yep. and he guards, you know, above his size as he well, does. and um, he's really smart on that end. He's got really quick hands, and um, I think
1: he did a lot of the job on Milton Doyle in mm, that
2: game. Yeah, and you know, giving away a lot of size to yep. Milton, so. But again,
1: those three pretty spot on. No surprise that to you that Shaylee's now on top of that leaderboard? No, zero surprise. Zero okay. surprise. And you know, it's uh, I kind of mixed up
2: my defensive player of the year, you know, award at the start of the season. Mm-hmm. Purely for the fact that, you know, Shay hasn't been able to stay healthy for the past couple of seasons. But, uh, yeah, but I mean
1: you keep saying that, but I, I, I'm gonna stand by this if Mango Maniang was allowed to play defense. Yeah, yeah. He still could be the best defensive player in the league. Yeah, he could certainly be up
2: there. <laughs> certainly be up there. But once with Shea out there, mate, it's uh, it's very hard to to beat him to it.
1: All right, let's get to some some questions I want to pose to you, Cody, and get your thoughts about what what we're going to see in the second half of of this this season. Because over this fever window, no games this weekend in the NBL, and strangely, no Boomers games either. Mm. So it seems like a bit of a waste of a, of a window. But I think once you sign up to play. As part of FIBA, if they say that there's a window, you can't play in that window, yep. which is what we saw last year you know, during yep. the playoffs, which is why we had that break. that was rather unfortunate. Okay, I want to start at the Perth Wildcats. There's so many positive things going on there that, you know, we talked about earlier in the show, but not so much Jordan Usher and Corey Webster. Yep. I want to play you a piece from John really shortly after I get your thoughts, but your immediate impressions, by the end of the season, are those two guys still... On this Wildcats team? Uh, yeah look it's a tough one with Corey right so he suited up
2: the first game this weekend and then didn't suit up on the road but was still traveled mm. um, so you know from reports he's he's injured but we're not mm. overly sure I think it was ankle soreness that they yeah. said but um, yeah I'm not, not too sure I mean he found his way at the very end of his of rotations anyway in the past yeah, couple yeah. of weeks and so it's an interesting one.
1: Well, um, well, before we get to Usher then let me play you what John really said after the game because he he should have been in a pretty good mood, I think, after that win against the Bullets. Mm-hmm. But he, I found this a little interesting the way he answered the question about questions about Corey Webster. So let's let's take a listen. Can you clarify
0: what's happening with Corey Webster in any game? Mm-hmm. Well, you said during the week he wasn't didn't you. He didn't play that night, and now he's injured. When when did he get hurt, or has he been carrying it? Uh, exactly what the injury is, uh, you would have to ask our medical staff because I'm not equipped to talk about that. Are you
1: equipped to give us any information
0: about? Yeah, like like he like he, mit- he he missed tonight's game because of an ankle injury, um, and and you know like we got a we got a couple of weeks off we. Um, I think we only played three games in the first three weekends when we come back from this break. So uh, we want to be smart with Corey. Uh, As I told the media during the week, Corey Webster is going to have a moment or moments for this team to get us where we're trying to get to. Can you tell us when the injury actually happened? I, I, I don't know because, like, when when you've played 27 years like Corey has, injuries can come at the, you get out of bed the wrong way.
1: That was very strange mm. to me, Cody. What's, what's your reaction to that little interaction?
2: Yeah, look, it's, he's keeping his cards very close to his chest mm. by the sounds. And I mean, he's right, you know, in that when you've played for so long, getting up out of bed the wrong <laughs> way can, can, can <laughs> obviously throw something yeah. out of your body. So that, uh, I can certainly attest to that one. Um, But, yeah, look, it it is a bit of an odd one. And he contradicted himself a little bit Mm. in the fact that he said, well, you know, we've got these two weeks off and then we only play three games in the Mm. first three rounds back and Mm. all that sort of stuff. That would indicate that, you know, they try to push him a little more rather than rest him more, I think. Mm. But, I mean, look, you never know with injuries and it's a tough one. And obviously... No one's going to be able to get to the medical staff to ask them these (laughs) questions. So, you know, and that's fine. You know, you you do kind of want to keep some cards close to your chest and Mm. we'll take it for what it is at the moment and say that he's he's got an injured ankle. Um, Mm -hmm. But, yeah, look, I think the tough thing from his point of view is that he he has fallen out of really his rotations Mm -hmm. and, you know, the the few minutes that he did play earlier in the win streak, Mm -hmm. he was negative Mm -hmm. massive numbers Mm -hmm, when he was out on the floor. Which is which is not great, not a, not a great sign, unfortunately. But uh, you know, when when they were struggling in that little four or five game stint that they were mm. um, not playing very well, he was like the only one that could put points on the board points, for yeah. them. Yeah. You know, and and at a good rate too. Mm. And it was it was uh, you know not expensive points, you know. Mm. So he, he was able to be pretty efficient. So I mean, look, a guy like Corey's talent is going to be. Tough to just have sit there for the mm. whole season. I do expect him to to find his way back into the rotations at some point. Jordan Usher, on the other hand, mm. oh, I I think he's it, it's a tough one, right? Because I mean, to, to find players right now is is really hard because most leagues around the world are you know mid season and, yeah. and going on so. I'm hesitant to say that we won't see him again, mm. but it wouldn't surprise me if he wasn't there by the end of the fever break. Yep, um, okay. I just don't think he's giving them what they need. He mm. um,
1: again against Brisbane, he came out instantly, took some bad
2: shots, just just some terrible shots. And instead of letting the game come to him, he's just trying too hard. Mm. Um, you know, and I had these conversations with Dad over the weekend as well. Just you know, he. He he comes into the league, or he comes in at the start of the season, saying I'm going to be a defensive player of the year contender. Mm-hmm. He's <laughs> he's probably the fourth or fifth best defender on this team, let alone in, in the league. You know, I and think that's, think that's, that's been being, gen- generous. being generous. Yeah, yeah, and that's only because of the short rotation. <laughs> yes. But that's being generous, right? Yeah, yeah. And he just he looks lost on the defensive end. Um, you know, there was there was one against Brisbane where. Uh, <laughs> They fed it into, might have been Ty or Bainsey. Uh This was late in the game, mm. late in the game. yeah, Threw it into Ty or Bainsey. Um The passer cut away, and this was Usher's player. Mm. Uh, the He cut away to the opposite corner. Usher followed him all the way around, or all the way out to the other side, and Bannon cut down the middle for a wide-open dunk. Yeah. If you're a defensive player you know that that's a mistake and you don't follow your player all the way out. You stop on the split line to yeah. help to be that help defender.
1: And I remember thinking at the time that that was the
2: play that was going to
1: steady the bullets that's, and probably win, win them the game. That's exactly what I thought too. Yeah. That's
2: exactly what I thought too. So, look, he, he just does things on the defensive end that um, don't scream out, I'm a defensive player, yeah. I guess is probably the best yes. way to put it. And then on the offensive end, he just takes some poor shots because, again, he's, he's trying too hard to put the ball in the hole. Yeah. You know that <laughs> we go back to the first game he had,
1: and it was you know probably the worst thing that could have happened. Yeah. You know, yeah. um, and it's almost like now he's at a point where he doesn't know how many touches he's going to get, so he feels it like every every time he touches the ball, he has yeah. to shoot it.
2: Yeah, and look, he made a big shot against Melbourne yeah. in, in Melbourne, and, and that probably saved his job for a little bit. <laughs> yeah. But you know, he's not done anything since. No. So again, I I don't know if they do make a change, but it wouldn't overly surprise me if mm-hmm. if he wasn't. You know they're at the end of this fever break.
1: I don't know if our microphones pick this up, but hello to Elvis down there. Yeah, who's, snoring, he's snoring away. He's sorry He's 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 conked out. He's had a he's had a big week and he's hit the wall. He yeah. does, doesn't like the hot weather. No, he's, he definitely he's, doesn't. Well,
2: he's in a nice cool room now yes, and he he's, is. Uh, yeah, <laughs> he's catching some Z's. Yes, um,
1: we talked about him last week. Nothing changed, unfortunately, for Josh Roberts with the Titans. No. Nope. we see him for the rest of the season? Look. Probably not, but Cairns being the
2: little small market team they are, they probably can't afford to make too much of a big yeah. change. Yeah. So it's it's probably whether he goes to the club and says, "Can you release me?" You know, yeah. and and go elsewhere because, uh, yeah, he's he's certainly not in the rotations at all. No.
1: Um, Will McDowell White. Um, to be honest, I don't know if we'll see him again this season. It's tough to come back from a a, a break in your in your league or, yeah. or foot. Um, do the breakers need to bring in somebody to replace him because? They decided not to with Cheatham and hopefully we see Cheatham at some point probably through December. Do mm-hmm. um, yeah, they need to replace Will?
2: <sighs> That's such a big piece that I feel like mm. they have to. But mm-hmm. who do you go get? You know, because yeah.
1: a, he's a local and... That's tough, isn't it? Because you don't have the import option.
2: No, you, you've got to go get a local, really. So, you know, who do you go get? It makes it really difficult. Um, but again, it's it's, it's got to be the young boy starting to step up, right? right. And we, we've seen it with Melbourne, you know? They've got those guys to step up. So, um, you know, New Zealand have got to try to figure out a way because, yeah, who knows when we'll see him again.
1: off the top of my head, getting Flynn Cameron back to the Breakers and back to New Zealand would have been mighty handy for them right yes. now, wouldn't it? Yeah, it
2: certainly would have been. It <laughs> certainly would have been.
1: <laughs> um, 36ers. I feel like instead of a third import, they signed DJ Fazilovic. I feel like they sacrificed a third import, but yep. they they technically do have a third import spot free, but. I don't know what your thoughts are, but I don't think that that would be a route I would go down. I would stick with this team and just hope that they can string some form together.
2: Yeah, I think so. Uh, Look, they've obviously thrown a big chunk of money at DJ to to lure him in and yeah, uh, at four and seven, I think they are, yep, at four and seven, it's tough because again, to make the six, you'd... 10 losses is about as many yeah. as you, you can allow. Yeah. So they've got to claw their way back a long way. Mm. Um But look, I, I do like their, like, I, I don't hate their roster. Yeah. I, I do like it. And I think if they can figure out how to all play together properly, mm. which we've seen glimpses of, we, we've certainly seen glimpses of it, then I think they're fine with, with what they've got. Mm. Um, I don't think it's a, a championship caliber team.
0: Mm.
2: Um for that, then probably, yeah, they have to find another import. But again, who do you find at this this point in the
1: season? And it also potentially hurts your chemistry, doesn't it? Yeah, very much uh, so. Last one on this little bit. Um, are we ever going to see two better injury replacement players than Daniel Johnson and Rob Wive? No, just flat out no. <laughs> <laughs>
2: There's nothing more to it, just not at all. I mean, they're two elite players and... Yep. You know, Rob's back home
1: now yes. with, with
2: the family, which is which is good. So, uh, you know, shout out to Robin Kelly. He's especially. clearly
1: been so popular at Melbourne. I mean, we saw him in the huddle after their game on Sunday and he was saying goodbye and they were celebrating him. And, yeah. gee, every, everyone on that team just seems to love him.
2: Yeah, he's he's a lovable guy. <laughs> <laughs> no, look, I think, you know, the things he did for that ball club, uh, you know, in his first eight rounds has been huge. And, you know, it's there's been times where, their best squads have been with him out on the floor, mm. you know, and that's more times than not, really. Yeah. So you, you never want to see players injured, but mm. to have him up your sleeve for later in the, in the season mm. if, if something does happen, and that'd be huge for them to, to be able to bring him back if that was to happen.
1: Mm. I asked, I asked you this a few weeks ago. Is there any chance he lobs back at the breakers?
2: I don't think so. Uh, I don't think so. I think he's, he's pretty done there. But yeah, look, he's, he's not exactly like for like for will, for Will. Is no, he? he's not. He? <laughs> Quite the
1: opposite player. <laughs> All right. Um. So we're in the fever window now. So we don't have a don't have a preview to finish with. We'll do that next week, and we'll catch up with Simon Mitchell, Cody next week, and do a show between the three of us. That means you're under a bit of pressure to, to bring your your A game next yeah, week. Yeah, I know. I know. It's a bit intimidating. <laughs> <laughs> so we look forward to chatting to Simon. But no better way to finish off this week's show than talking about our good friend Damien Martin. Cody, um, he was my co-host on here for a little while before he, he left for greener pastures at SEN. Mm-hmm. He's number 53 is going to join your dad's up in the rafters at RSA Arena. Is going to join the Scoring Machine, another another former co-host of mine. So yeah. I feel like I've picked my co-host fairly well over, the, right. over, the, over the journey. Um, it's scary to think. I was thinking by the time his jersey's retired, it'll be 2024 – it means I would have known him for 15 years, Cody. Yeah. That's been quite a journey and had quite a bit to do with him over the years. So I'm pretty pretty happy for him. It's a pretty deserved honour and that probably is understating it. Yeah. I don't know if there's been a more deserving player that will go up into the rafters for, for what he, he bled and gave for the Perth Wildcats. So I'll wrap up this week's show. Thank you to Hoop7 for making it possible once again. Head to Tap Touch for our exclusives this week on the NBA, Cody. But I'll let you wrap up this show with... Your thoughts on the number 53, joining your dad's number up in the rafters?
2: Yeah, look, probably one
1: of the least surprising
2: numbers to go up in the rafters. And, I mean, realistically, pretty quick after Mm -hmm. he's retired. And, uh, you know, we saw saw Sean's go up. Fairly quick, but it was still a bit bit more of a gap than what this one's gone up. But once uh, once the league names an award after you, I think it's pretty difficult to uh, to not have it happen straight away. So no, look, an absolute massive honour for Damo and his family, and and just an absolute tribute to to what he gave to not only the league but you know the Perth Wildcats in general. And uh, happy to have to played against him and, and shared the court with him, even though he got the better of me <laughs> pretty much every single time. But uh, no, look, um huge congrats to to Damo and the family and uh, it's a a massive honour
0: He'll make it for sure Now that's why I backed him on Tab Touch Hey Luke Yes Gene Simmons He's probably the best when it comes to this stuff Thanks Gene You've got the touch. You got the touch. You got the power. Got the touch? Choose Tap Touch. Better your bet. Download the app today.
1: Chances are you're about to lose. For free and confidential support, call 1 800 858 858 or visit gamblinghelponline.org.au.